Let's get into it. <laughs> That's the word for it in science. No, 100% I agree with that. I sound pretty neurotic right now, don't I? We're just saying stuff, and now we're going to investigate. Yeah, we are. Wine pouring. Hello, and welcome to Blanket Statements. I'm Kelly. And I'm Allie. And this is a podcast where we talk about blanket statements. We usually <laughs> talk about two. One we spend a bit more time and energy doing research on, and one that's just supposed to be more fun. Um, but lately, for our second blanket statement, we've been doing a chick flick bracket instead. So we will be doing part four of that today. Yes. Woohoo! And Kelly has the first one. Yes. And probably the people who voted on our first bracket thing are like, what happened to the rest of this bracket? So by the time you get to this one, you'll know. Anyway. <laughs> um, yes. So I have the first one today. First, what are you drinking? I am drinking Diet Coke and like whiskey. Nice. It's an apple whiskey. <laughs> oh, that actually sounds pretty good. Does it taste good? Yeah, it's good. What about you? Uh, I am drinking, so Distill Brewery is a brewery near where I live in Bloomington, Illinois. Normal. One of the two. They're the same town. Anyway, <laughs> I'm drinking a sour. This one is syncopathic. So it's not like cherry or raspberry. Like sometimes this one's just a sour ale. <laughs> anyway... Um, I haven't been watching much. I think I'm finally TV'd out, but I am reading lots and lots of stuff. And oh, oh and I finally read. I'm going to tell you about this in the world, even though they, the world probably knows. But a bunch of people told me to read a book called The Devourers by Indra Das, who is an uh, Indian writer. And Hannah was one of the people that told me about it. And it is glorious. It is technically, I looked up the genre. Oh, it is deep fantasy horror. And it is arguably related to shapeshifting, but I won't tell you any more than that. What so is the it difference is, between deep fantasy and just plain old fantasy? Or maybe not a genre, but just, I don't know. <laughs> My answer to your question is, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but it is excellent. So, I recommend that. Do you have any recommendations? Um, well, I guess this will tell how long it takes us from recording to publishing, but I did just watch the Oprah interview with Harry and <laughs> Meghan Markle. Uh-huh. Um, have you watched that yet? No. I don't know that I'll watch it because I don't care about the monarchy, but I read about it and I find it fascinating. Yeah, I don't normally care either, but I kept hearing about it and I feel like the topics they talk about are... Obviously not not just about the monarchy. Like, it has wide implications for the state of the world in general, but... Yes, that's true, too. All right, I'm excited. I want to know what your statement is. Should we get okay. started? Yes. <laughs> what was... I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Okay. So uh, mine. Oh, go ahead. What were we going to say? We're going to explain. music. I don't know. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, it felt like 
dark fantasy horror intro. Deep fantasy. Wait, deep is it fan- dark fantasy? Wait, dark fantasy makes more sense than deep fantasy. Okay, I looked it up too. Okay. It is South Asian speculative fiction and dark fantasy. Horror. I love speculative fiction. Dark well, fantasy there- makes way more sense than deep fantasy too. Well, hey. I'm sorry I didn't remember the exact (laughs) genre of the 10 genres. Anyway, whatever. Yes, you would like it. Oh, you guys. Okay. (laughs) So in keeping with my clear just... I did... I have one article, and I have some fun one things. It's more going to be a conversation. Um, (laughs) It's one of those days. And... It's not the best of blanket statements, but it's more to talk about this. I thought it was more interesting than picking any one thing. I don't know. Also, I couldn't think of a clever way to phrase it. So there you go. Okay. Okay. So my statement is the music you like tells me who you are as a person. Mm. Okay. So do you. Okay. So I could have gone with like. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. Everything I think of that people say about music people listen to is tends to be mean because it's usually judgy from one person to another. Like <laughs> people that listen to pop or dumb or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like you are what you eat, but you are what you listen to. Yes. Okay. Or you listen to what you are. I don't know which way it would be. <laughs> anyway, have you ever thought about like music preferences and if they say something about you at all or other people? Um, not really. I I don't think I've thought about it in such blunt terms, but I feel like we do the things we listen to and like, we do try to make it a part of our identity, at least in America. It seems like that's a big thing of like, I have all the band stickers I like on my computer or... Mm-hmm. I like this show, so I'm going to decorate my room and these posters or something. Maybe that's like an adolescent thing, but I think it continues on into adulthood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and you raise a good point that I thought of at the beginning of this, which was just that, or when I started looking, was, yeah, like, do we adjust what we listen to to craft who we are? too like can it say who you are if you're also doing it to be like look I'm the kind of person that listens to this like (laughs) but also maybe that's an adolescent thing and as you get older you're like no I'm not gonna listen to stuff I don't like I don't know um but I also know like growing up everybody's go-to at least around me for things that people were like no I don't listen to that would be like country music And then you would call people on it and be like, so you don't like Dolly Parton or Johnny Cash? And they're like, well, that's different. And it's like, it's country music. Like, it's, but your perception of who you are is related to the thing as a whole, too. Mm -hmm. But I will say that Um, Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash are different, just for the record. (laughs) (laughs) They are actual kind. There's pop. Oh, gosh. I just yanked my headphone out. There are different levels of good in every genre of music. Because I would, yeah. I like to talk smack about pop music in general, and then people point out, like, there's a lot of good pop music, and I'm like, this is true. Fair enough. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of went looking, because I was like, I don't know what to do, and I told Allie, like, I had been struggling. There is enormous quanti- there, yeah, yes. enormous quantities of research 
about music and psychology and personality. Like, tons. Oh. And it was like, okay. Like, and all, and it's not been done, it felt like, for super long. Like, one of the big papers, I think, was 2007. But, like, they're already past, like, their initial stuff. And they're like, let's talk about more into it. And then I saw a paper that was entirely about how your body moves when you listen to electronic dance music. Like, with optical, like, optical things to check. Like, it was all micro-movements, and they would, like, break it down by your body and, like, this music versus that. And I was like, what is happening? How is there so much music or so much research about all these things? But it's cool. And I guess it makes sense because how your brain works and, like, the kind of artistic things you like to take in, that's all related. But still, I was kind of surprised. (laughs) But so, yeah, a lot of the stuff I'll talk about is more... Like, just things you can find on the internet, and then I'll talk about a more recent article. Okay. So, would you like to get into some things? So, broadly, I'm going to ask you if you remember something. Okay. Go ahead. Did you have a thought? Well, I'm curious what kind of music you like and what you think that says about you. Oh. I like a lot of music. So, this was hard about this, because I was curious. So, and now I've read stuff, so I have to. But, like, I, okay. I love The Who. And Grace Potter, so rock. I like oldies, so broadly, that could be rock, but also is Motown. I like the blues and jazz. I like musicals. Um, I like country, but not as much as other stuff, and very specific. And the same is true of, like, opera or classical or electronic or, yeah, I like rap a lot. I don't listen to metal very much. That's all I got. I guess, and I always just thought about it like, what I do know is I like lyrics and a lot of the music, other than like jazz in particular, but like class or like standards, jazz standards is lyrics. So I like lyrics, which is why I like musicals too. And it's not just because I like to sing along to stuff. It's because if a song has really good lyrics, like I like the story or the poeticness of it, then I'll like the song better, regardless of what it sounds like. So I care more about, I connect, I do, I'm saying stuff in ways because I know what I read, but still, I like I like the emotional quality of music. So like electronic music's hard for me because I'm like, I can find stuff I like, but I'm not naturally drawn to it because it doesn't have lyrics. And I'm not like, there's not a story here. So to me, even though I get that the person making the song, there's a story there to them, just like somebody with classical music. But I'm like, okay. Like I have, if I listen to that music, it's for a particular purpose. Like I'm reading or I'm working or I'm cleaning, but it's not, I'm not engaging in it with it the same way. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what all that says. But that's all I got. I like the stories and I like lyrics. Well, what so about what you? made you think about it then? What made you think about the statement then? I don't know. I was trying <laughs> to think about it. I used to have a list and I told Allie I accidentally deleted it. And then I was like, all week, I was like, what do I want to do about? And then I think just randomly one evening, I was like, I think music says something about who you are. But I'm not positive. So then I was like, I'm going to look it up. And I'm like, I guess it's a personal blanket statement. But anyway, what about you, the music you listen to and what you think that says? Uh, so like when you first said it, the, the place that my head went was that I like what I used to listen to and what I used to listen, what I used to listen to and what I listen to now and how that's changed over time 
and how I've also changed over time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know – I don't feel like it's coincidental. So, so um, no judgment here. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if I say things wrong right now. And people, you can come for me at Twitter and tell me <laughs> that I am wrong. That's fine. But I went to Fresno State uh, for undergrad which is in Central California, which is nicknamed the Bible Belt of California. So it's much more conservative than the rest mm-hmm. of the state. And I think that translates to the students at the college. Um, and I would have n- never considered myself conservative, but I definitely had views which I look up like at now and I'm like, oh, you were wrong. That's like, I, I feel like I'm more liberal now. Yep, I'm the same. Um, and in undergrad, I used to line dance and listen to a lot of country music because I line danced. Mm -hmm. So like, I, (laughs) I know I'm associating country music with conservatives here, uh, when I say that both of those things have changed. Anyways. I think that's a reasonable thing to wonder. Like, and I might be able to shed light on that specifically. I'm not positive though. Now I'm glancing at my little list that I haven't told you I have. <laughs> but um but yeah, I think that I, I have those stand. perceptions too. Okay, I got religious on this list. Country. Mm-hmm. I don't really like I don't really like a lot of country, popular country now. Uh so apparently, well, I have to tell you what I'm going to talk check about before okay. I can tell you. I'm excited. Um, it is pretty fun. Okay, so I have a couple different papers, but the first thing that I, when I said you need to remember something, even though I think I remember for you, do you remember your Myers-Briggs type? Yes. Are you INFJ? Yes. We're the same. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, (laughs) 16 personalities, if anybody's heard of it, Ali, you might have, 16personalities.com is a really great site that breaks down the Myers-Briggs types. You can take a not quite as long quiz to figure out, but it's pretty well done. They explain things very well. And one of the things I'll share is they do a, um, they did a survey with 4,000 respondents about their music preferences, and then they sorted them based on their personality types. Then also I have from psychology.com, just a fun little article that is citing an article. Sorry. They're sharing the results, um, of, Here's me like, oh, they had a bunch of references, actually. Like I said, this has been studied for some time. And then they broke things down into like two sentences for each type of each type of music. So that's like the really easy, quick scan, which these are all in the Zotero folder, which you can find linked on our website um, and in the description of the podcast notes. But that would be your quick one. And then the Myers-Briggs is way more interesting. But just to highlight country on the quick list, and it's an article called How Personality Influences Music Taste by Lily Wan. And it was written in March of last year. For country, it says, fans of guitars and the signature country rasp are generally hardworking, conventional, honest, and outgoing. They seem to have good health compared to listeners of other genres. Then they also comment on something else I have to share. So we're going to look at Myers-Briggs. Are you also familiar with the five, the big five in personality? I We've feel like this has come this. up. Okay, yeah, this yeah. has come up because it comes up all the time. I so don't remember what they are, though. I've got them. Okay. Yeah, the big five, it's like that. And from psychology today, there was a very brief, quick 
explanation, but just that a lot of researchers and people who study psychology think that people's personalities can be broken down in terms of five major traits and then where they score in each of those. So nobody's one thing, you're a mixture, but um, the big five are openness to experience, which can be intellectual pursuits and creative pursuits, conscientiousness, which is responsibility, being organized, being productive, that kind of thing. Um, extroversion, being social, assertive, agreeableness, so compassion, respectfulness, trust in others, and neuroticism, which is what it sounds like, which is anxiety <laughs> and depression. Okay. So everybody's a mixture of these things. But in all the papers, and including this really short how personality influences music taste, they reference the big five because a lot of the studies do. So in country music, the two highest scoring are conscientiousness, which was that like, what did I say that was? Organization, productive, responsible, as well as neuroticism. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but like reading that, you said conservative and sure, sir, bleh, of course, We've done this show long enough, and we also are open-minded enough to know that not everybody who listens to country is conservative, but conventional is another word I would say for conservative. Like, maybe I shouldn't say that. I think that is, though. I don't know. Conventional yeah. people tend to be more conservative in what they what they're like what they're trying that's new. If you're conventional, you're not trying a lot of new things. It doesn't that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is conservative in outlook. I think the trick is that. The word conservative is tricky because of politics for lots of reasons. Yeah. So conservative yeah. and liberal as just what they are, not necessarily speaking politically. Okay. But Myers-Briggs, this one's much more fun and huge, and we won't do all of it, but I can tell you about yours. I'm excited. Um, I will say this was their paragraph. So like to the question of why we think things, people, like your comment about line dancing. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I oh, want to yeah. say that, like, is this going to be, like, astrology where you read the thing and you're like, oh, yeah, that applies to me because you think. So here's the thing. Do you know what I, I mean? feel? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the whole time. I feel like that's Myers-Briggs all the time. I yep. feel like when I took the thing and I was like, oh, this is my Myers-Briggs type. The difference is there are certain, there is research behind Myers-Briggs. The tests that most of us take are not the full-on all the points really accurate version. So what I am is what I think I am based on how I answered the test and how honest I'm being when I answer the test. But I think it's a little bit better than astrology. But yes, I think with all these things, it's easy to be like, that's totally me. (laughs) And it's like, "Mm." but um, on the front page, so the Myers-Briggs 16personalities.com has the art, the results of that survey and it's music preferences by personality type. It says it's by Nathaniel. That's it. But regardless, this is so terrible. They have a quote that I just thought was good that said, A punk fan may instantly dismiss someone with an extensive selection of country, assuming that possession of such music all but guarantees a certain provincialism on the part of the possessor. Of course, as with all stereotypes, hasty judgments are usually wrong-headed. Genre, like one's personality type, is more a guide than a straitjacket. And wisdom is more readily found in the nuances than in the broad strokes. So mm. they even have that at the beginning, which I thought was really nice. Okay. So they have a broad breakdown. So there's four, there's 16 different personality types in Myers-Briggs. And they are part of four overarching groups, which I always forget. But INFJs are part of the diplomat group. 
which includes INFPs, INFJs, ENFJs, and ENFPs. Anyway, but for diplomats, this is what they broadly say about you and I, (laughs) or the group, the broad group. Mm -hmm. It says, the pronounced feeling aspect of diplomats may partially explain their choice of music, which in this survey was blues, soul, world, alternative, and jazz. All genres that are often characterized by great emotional intensity. Ambient music may also appeal to their poetic nature. Aside from passion, they may also seek out these genres specifically for their borderlessness, their resistance to being confined by categorization. That's Um, funny, because I would have said when we were talking about music, my preference is like usually alternative, like glass animals or alt-J, where they kind of don't sound like anything else, so. Yep. Oh, I have more for you then. (laughs) But um, then it continues to, just this part continues to say, diplomats are the role most likely to listen to more than two hours of music every day. Yep. Um, Sorry. It said, at the very least, this data may illustrate how readily diplomats can become lost in the alternate realities that music can conjure. Um, they're They're the most likely role to embrace MP3 players. It's just random. They were sharing that. Um, when was this written? <laughs> I actually am trying to. Yeah, that's an MP3 player. MP3 players. It doesn't say. I mean, I have one still, but crap. I don't think this this page said. I mean, it's hard because that page just updates stuff. Yeah. Randomly. Okay. But. Okay. Then, to your point, if I go to look at specifically... They've just pulled out a few things. They basically broke down different genres, but they only talk about certain personality types in each of those genres, like the ones that are most likely. So there are two places where INFJs came up. Um, So one, the one that I was like, I don't know if this is me, was world music. It said we are the type to enjoy world music. What does and that I was mean? Because like, I listen to salsa music also. Is that, that would world be music? yeah, that would be world music. It's really from it's anything that wouldn't be like like Afrobeats world music, salsa's world music. Um I'm trying to think of a bunch of stuff. I can't like uh I would think Bollywood music would qualify as world music, that kind of stuff. Like I think of Mara is definitely liking world music in a lot of different types, and me kind of, and you more than me. But it says that advocates have a belief, so INFJs are sometimes called counselors and sometimes called advocates, but have a belief in the universal unity of humankind that may extend to their choices in music. Um, They say unity is something born of struggle, so they may prefer world music that speaks more directly to the trouble that comes from trying to transcend the world around us. So we like, it's that meaning thing again. Which I feel like I was like, then I'm like, is that coloring how I define myself? But here's the part you'll enjoy. INFJ. So under the alternative rock category, <laughs> we are among four types who are over 80% likely to say we like it. So it says advocates are a highly cause-oriented personality type. And as such, they may be attracted to insurgent musical acts, bands that herald a revolution in their respective genres. Alternative rock in general, then, may hold a great appeal for advocates for whom groups like, and they give examples of Nirvana, Radiohead, or Arcade Fire, are more than simply artists. They are symbols for cultural upheavals shimmering Mm. just beneath the surface. And I was like, well, that drives with my whole, like, I need lyrics that are talking about something, man. But then I was like, The Who qualifies as that. And yeah, I loved, I grew up in the grunge era, but I'm always like, it's so good and nobody gives it credit. And then I'm like, is it just because it's alternative music (laughs) and I was part of it? 
So those are a couple highlights, but every single type of music is on this list as well as, um, as well as the breakdowns of the different personality types. But to your point about how do we think of ourselves, the short list, because I like more than one kind of music. So you said alternative. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So on the short list, I think it just says rock. But indie is a separate list. Mm. Do you want to know about indie? Allie listens to indie music. What does indie even mean? Is that alternative? I don't even know. I don't even know. <sighs> I don't. And it's like a genre thing. I don't yeah. know. I think indie usually means people that, because there can be independent artists that become super popular, but when they start, they're not on a major label. That's mm. usually what indie. So they'd be See, smaller. but that's not like a style of music though, right? Because you could be ind- independent rapper. You could, but artist. they usually find more outlets, I think, than, yeah, like indie, I feel like when I think of indie, alternative would be part of it. It's like what they play on college radio. That's indie. Okay. All right, what does it say about indie? Like frightened rabbits, I would call indie. Okay. <laughs> who I know Allie likes. Okay. <laughs> it says, predictably, individuals who prefer artistic obscurity in music score high in openness. That was that openness to new and creative things. And neuroticism. <laughs> With an emotionally check, penetrative check. lyrics. <laughs> yep. And experimental melodies. Indie music appeals to the creative intellect. And newer hybrid genres, apparently acid jazz and lo-fi count as indie. Um, but that's like creative. So anyway, but yeah, then we talked about rock. Now I'm gonna see what it says about rock. Contrary to the popular belief that rockers, headbanging rockers, are intense and driven, classic rock listeners are actually found to be gentle, intuitive, and even mellow. Uh, that doesn't sound like the right kind of rock then, because classic rock is a particular kind of rock. So I would say alternative would fall under indie. Yeah. I don't know. What else do you like? I like rap. Let's see what rap. Yeah, says. let's see what rap says. Okay, it says individuals high in extroversion, which is not me, but intensity is the second thing it says. <laughs> Prefer <laughs> rap. Prefer straightforward, hard-hitting lyrics. Interestingly, when combined with another genre, such as indie or jazz, rap listeners score similarly. Oh, apparently rap listeners even out on all big five traits. Mm. So, like, those five things, the people who like rap are, like, often a, a pretty even com combination of the big five interesting that is interesting see world music says openness and extroversion and they like to travel and see new things it says for people who don't like music or prefer silence that they correlate Are high. psychopath they i know that's what i that should have been my blanket statement they correlate high with that conscientiousness the productive and um organization what and responsibility. What does it say about people who like classical music? Oh, classical's not on the short list. It's on the bigger list. I'm going to go to the bigger list. Oh. Okay, so much depends on the thin baton of the maestro, the focal point for instruments, the sense of power and responsibility, maybe something that personalities identify with as they see themselves as the linchpin without which the enterprise would collapse. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Can you read so this that is again? architects. It's basically saying people who like classical are people who like to be in control and think that they're very important. Um, also, architects, which is John's type, actually, the guy that edits our podcast now, they, it says, he didn't agree with this, but it said that they like the composition. I shouldn't say he didn't agree with it. 
He didn't agree that they like compl- complicated things. He agreed that the composition of something is important to him. And that was something that came up that people like how overarching, like the composition of a classical piece is very di- difficult or detailed and that people respond to that people with that personality type. And that would be I N T J's. Um, so they are impressed by the work that goes into it, I guess is to say. Um, another people like that there's complex tonal structures and they like that music can be pushed in strange directions, even when it's weird to listen to and intuitive personality types are more likely to enjoy classical music as well. You were nodding a lot at the idea of somebody who thinks a lot of themselves liking classical. Would you like to elaborate? Just no. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for ratting me out, Kelly. No, just (laughs) No, that's Um, fair. I, okay, sorry. I know I told you I want to hear what it says about pop. Yes. But is salsa on the list? Salsa is not on the list on its own. Okay. Let me go to pop. It said on that short, the really quick version, it says that... Uh, there's they're talking about top bill like top 100 songs though not necessarily all pop but the popular pop yeah i guess that's why it's called pop though anyway (laughs) um that those people are found to be relatively outgoing socially nervous and down to earth sometimes conventionality is a big part of it they score low on openness and high on everything else is what the shorthand but you are very open but it doesn't mean anybody. Well, let's see what the other ones in the 16 personalities. Well, see, okay, so sorry. I find it interesting. I feel like younger me would have been embarrassed to say that I enjoy the top 100. Mm-hmm. But like now I'm like, I'm not embarrassed to say that. Yeah, I do. I like the top 100. I like other well, stuff too, I- but I definitely like the, you know. Well, so I find that to be open. Yes. Now. Well, and I was going to say, I think it's all very complicated, too, because when you think about something like pop and even country, because one of these things noted that country is a ever-growing fan base, like worldwide people like country music. So it's big, like pop. I wonder if conventionality and the whole score low on openness part comes from the fact that if you don't know what you like and somebody asks you, it is easy to say, I listen to pop and I listen to the radio or I listen to country because these are things you know exist and you know other people. It's a good way to fit in. I could see if somebody was a personality type that was like, I don't know. I don't really know what I listen to. If I have to pick something, I'll pick pop. I could see that. So I wonder if that part of a personality is making that choice too. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people who do like it because they just like it. But then also, to your point, how many people are saying, pop's not my favorite, because they feel silly for saying that, even though it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's popular for a reason. Like, (laughs) Lady Gaga's no slouch. That's why it's pop. (laughs) But on the more complex, it says that showmanship is a big part of pop music. So people who, so a lot of like ESFP, which is the entertainer one, they are big fans of pop. But they people who like to perform are also drawn to pop music. Um, says it can be thought of as a soundtrack of society. People like the bold emoting and the adventurousness of pop music. Um, also, it says pop music seems to be one of the most divisive genres, sharing that title with only one other, which is metal. It has the largest gap among all traits and genres. 
Pop also attracts significantly more extroverted, observant, and turbulent types than introverted and intuitive ones. But Allie likes pop, and I like pop too. Mm -hmm. So not all the intuitive types don't like pop. It's so crazy. Okay, let me see what time we're at. <laughs> How long has it been? I can't read my thing. Oh, it's been a while. Okay, I'm going to move to the article then. Basically, if you want to spend time on the music preferences by personality type, it is fascinating because it's like breaking down each type and then why they think certain people scored higher. And then if you want to read a paper, just go find one. There's like a bazillion, which is why I didn't get into them. But the paper I'm going to talk about will highlight a couple things from all of those. But it's trying to do something different. Okay. The article is called Individual Differences in Music Listener Motivations, The Neglected Values. It was published in the Empirical Studies of the Arts. Um, technically, it's in the print version this year, but it was online as of 2019. So they must just be slow to get from online to print. So this article talks about the background of music psychology. So they talk about the growing acceptance of the five-factor model, increased research in music psychology. Um, this study that we're going to talk about was the first, um, one of the first to investigate which of the big five predict uses of music and how personal values predict individual differences. Because um, they basically were like, in their lit review, they talk about lots of studies have attempted to clarify preferences and values and that's some of what we saw from like the Myers-Briggs and these other things we've been talking about. And they say, while some similarities have been demonstrated, it's also related to how people perceive themselves and how they want to appear and how that affects what they listen to as well. So in the previous literature, things they found, which makes sense. And it feels like the blanket statement stuff we talk about. Rebellious listeners, people who consider themselves rebellious, are likely to listen to hard rock, rap, heavy metal, um, and tend to exhibit anti-authoritative anti-authoritarian behavior, which just makes sense. It's like Rage Against the Machine. Um, liberal and pro-social people tend to listen to classical and opera and musicals and blues, which kind of jives with some of the things we're saying, like if you're intuitive and you care about the world and you're drawn to music that addresses these things. And then self-transcendence, which means you care about the world moving forward. So liberal can be more personal. Self-transcendence, the way they defined it, would basically be like you care about Collective welfare, that was a phrase they used, so, are more likely to listen to blues, classical, and jazz. Okay, but um, based on all this other research, this paper said they had three hypotheses. One was that the people that are high on the neurotics, on the top five, would be more likely to use music to relieve stress, that extroverts would, want, would be more likely to use music in social ways, like go to concerts and festivals, and that gender will influence the emotional use of music. Because other studies had basically surmised that by the results, um, but hadn't it hadn't been tested. Because the way this paper, and I'm not going to get into it because it's all that social science stuff that when I try to explain it, I mess it up. But basically, they're comparing your answers to values and how you use music and then fitting them together <laughs> to find that where it overlaps. I'm doing a lot of hand motions at Allie. <laughs> Okay, it's 400 people filled out this questionnaire and answered these questions. They're all undergrads, but they're aged 18 to 43. Um, 298 women, 102 men. And they're all in Greece. A lot of these papers came from Greece, which I thought was fascinating. Apparently in Greece, music psychology is a big thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what they found is that 
their first hypothesis that neurotics would be more likely to use music to relieve stress. No, but they can't explain what the answer is because apparently the way the questionnaires are written, and they were using questionnaires that have come from big five questionnaires and then music questionnaires, are, are worded in such a way that mood management, which they use, could mean I listen to music because I'm stressed out and I want to feel better, or I'm sad and I want to listen to sad music, or I want something to make me behave in a certain way, so I'm going to go listen to this music. And to try to figure out which of those answers was jiving with the neuroticism wasn't possible. So mm. they're basically like, that should be explored further because this is complicated. The question about, or their, their hypothesis that extroverts would want to use music in social ways was not true. And they don't know why. Um, they were not more likely to want to go to concerts with other people. They guessed maybe it's that you don't talk to people in those circumstances and an extrovert might want more one-on-one -on -one, like interaction with people and and listening oh, yeah. to music together isn't the same but were introverts then, more likely or just like no one was more likely there is a group that's more likely but it's related to the big five personality traits so not in, it's it crosses introvert introverts and extroverts um the third hypothesis about gender that it will influence emotional use of music was true uh, women are much more inclined to listen to music to experience positive emotions or to escape from routine or to socialize. And men were more likely to do it like on their own because they were interested in the music, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that gets into like we've talked about lots of things in this podcast and how we're raised and how we're expected to react to things. Um, so what does affect uh, like going to events like musical events and things like that. The openness factor, that openness to creativity and learning new things, regardless of introvert or extrovert, if you scored high on openness, you were much more likely to want to use music to feel better, to analyze complex structures, to enjoy music just because you find it interesting. They were more likely to engage intellectually um, and also to go. It was the biggest predictor of socializing with music was being open. Um, conscientiousness, which was again, being productive and responsible and boring and agreeableness, which is trusting and wanting everything. Uh, what did it describe? I always say it like agreeable. I'm always like, uh, compassion. <laughs> I don't know why I say it like, but respectfulness, conscientiousness and agreeableness meant that people less intellectually engaged. So they didn't care to, think about complex structures in music. They didn't care to really think about, you know, enjoying music just because it's music, um, which jives with what we read on like the Myers-Briggs about people who like pop music or country music are, are less likely to engage with it, quote unquote, intellectually. They just want it to wash over them. And that's a person who's agreeable or uh, conscientious tends to do that. But the biggest part of that paper was saying they basically found that, yeah, how your personality is or how you perceive your personality to be directly affects how you engage with music. So it would then, they were basically saying, affect what you choose to listen to. And so they basically suggested you can't really look at preferences of music determining personality unless you now look at these two things together. Mm -hmm. So... But it was like such a small iterative thing that they studied compared to all the stuff that's been done. But it's because so much stuff has been done, yeah. which is kind of cool. But anyway, so that's the, as many of our things, the answers, non-answers. <laughs> Are there any other shorthands you want to know about music you like? Well, I'm just thinking in terms of the study. So, so basically, 
they showed correlation, not causation. Like, maybe the music is impacting your personality. They basically looked at your personality and then asked how you engaged with music. So it doesn't ask which you listen to because they were basically like, it doesn't matter yet until mm-hmm. we know why you're engaging with music, like why you're choosing to engage with music. Like I want to go to a concert because I want to experience something or I want to analyze this song or I want to hang out with friends or feel better. And then I think they're saying the next question would be then what music are you doing that with? But mm-hmm. first you have to know what the types do with music, which I think makes sense. Because I think it gets at that middle area where they're like, you listen to pop and sometimes you listen to indie and alternative. Like, and I'm betting, at least for me, I don't know about you, what I listen to is related to how I feel. Mm-hmm. So what I'm choosing to engage with may be directly related to that, my mood or what I have the bandwidth for that day. Like, I just want to listen to something I know and I don't want to think about it versus I want to sit here and listen to these people jam in a jazz band for three hours and just take it in, man, which is very different than listening to the radio in my car. Like, so I feel like they're getting at that. It's what, But it also, to your point, it is, it does sound like it's a little... What did you say? Correlation? It's a little like that because it's also what you answer on a personality test is also related to how you perceive yourself and not necessarily the truth. Mm-hmm. So even that's suspect, I guess, in a way. <laughs> I just shrugged really widely. That's cool. Did I jump around too much? I felt No, that was okay. interesting. Good. But yeah, so everybody can check out this stuff. In the Zotero folder, you can read all the Myers-Briggs stuff, or you can read one of the really short articles with the, like, couple sentences about each type of music, if you would rather just get a quick glance and do it astrology style and be like, this is who I am. What about those people who, like, listen to Christmas music in November? What does that say about their personality? (laughs) I feel like when I do that, it's because I'm trying to make the happy, the time I associate with happiness, which would be Christmas, come faster. (laughs) And the people who don't are like, I can't stand the nonsense that occurs at this time of year. Maybe. (laughs) And obviously people that listen. the type of person who listens to, there's like these... And I'm totally throwing my... Sorry, let me fix that first. What if you're the type of person to listen to a song on repeat, like... Oh, yeah. 20 times in a row. I don't know what that would mean. That's a good question. <laughs> that's um, that's me. Um, there are these, yeah. like, YouTube videos of, like, popular songs where they're just, like, the song on repeat over and over again. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> That's interesting Um, about the last part you were talking about, though, because, like, I actually think I'm the kind of person – I consider myself open. I will say that. Yeah. But when it comes to music, I usually want to hear what I want to hear. Like, I don't know. Eh, Yeah. Maybe that's not true. But it also sounds like – like, I've listened to music with you. Like, yeah, you might not always engage, but that's not actually – I mean, to the Myers-Briggs argument – that's not our type's jam to analyze the songs. We like to, like, feel the thing that it's part of. Mm-hmm. And, like, even pop music is kind of that. And But you listen to lots of different kinds of music. And that was one thing I didn't. But, like, the listens to everything is obviously associated with openness on the big five. That just, I mean, it does make common sense. But mm-hmm. it is also associated with it. Because if you're going to listen to lots of different types of things, you probably want to experience lots of different types of things. Yeah. Um, which is P.S. good for your brain, but that was another wormhole. I did not go down. 
I just glanced at religious music because I was curious, which is on that Myers-Briggs thing. Oh, yeah. And it's saying, much of popular music, regardless of genre, is a celebration of transgression, an expression of excess, like love or circumstance or conscience. So people that like religious music, and they were talking about different types, and I don't know. I'm not going to keep saying every Myers-Briggs type because it's not important, but those groups of people don't like anarchy. Even sublimated anarchy is so much so that their musical tastes tend towards songs of devotion rather than songs of upheaval. So like the, those kinds of things, as well as tradition, people that like tradition tend toward religious music. Um, they don't like the outlandish posturing of popular musicians. They like fellowship. So the word that churches like to use, but they like the sense of belonging that can come with listening to religious music extroverted types were more likely slightly more likely to prefer religious music to introverted types which i guess would make sense from the standpoint of most of those things are group things religious things so an extroverted person might feel more comfortable in that situation but yes sorry i can cut that too if that was no no i was so much of this is interesting to me but i also like you said i'm like when do I lump myself into things? And I'm like, that's me. And then I'm like, that's me too. <laughs> it's like, just because you like this music doesn't mean you're necessarily, excuse me, this person. We should do a horoscope one. I almost did astrology. And then I was nice. like, I don't know what to do. I think I would be an interesting use case because I recently discovered that I might not be a Taurus. I might be an Aries. So like... I don't know if <laughs> now, you've seen that. Like, like the year you were born, the signs weren't the same as they are now. So a lot of people shifted. Yeah, I, I think I have know. heard that. It's confusing though. So I'm always like, I don't know. Yeah, I it think is I'm confusing. I'm in. Well, that's the other thing. Speaking of that, I'm in the. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Cusp? It's like a cusp. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, what does that mean? Somebody was like, oh, well, you're in the cusp, and I was like, this is so complicated. <laughs> I think me technically too, which is why the shift thing. I don't know. Anyways. But yeah, it is that thing where you listen to stuff and you're like, this is me. And then other things you're like, I don't care for this. Well, <laughs> so for this Myers, is not me. Brig, I always feel like, like, yeah, they ask you about your personality and then they tell you your personality. Like they ask you if you're introverted and then you say, yes, I'm introverted. And then they tell you you're introverted. Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and they I still like Myers-Briggs, but I'm yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do the thing where they try to ask Oops, you sorry. 20 different times in 20 different ways to try to get at if you're telling the truth. But yes. Yeah. It's still not hard. Like, it's like, are you introverted? Do you like hanging out with people? <laughs> do you get tired when you hang out with people? <laughs> you're like, I know what you're asking me. <laughs> um. Okay. Want to talk about movies? Yeah. Okay. So this week week this month Mm -hmm. um we've had legally blonde and bring it on yes um which i have i'm just gonna take this down off my wall so i don't keep looking at it because it's it's right there on my wall okay we didn't get to watch any of them together unfortunately no this time we didn't it was a bummer which i don't know about you but i feel like it was probably my mood but neither one of them held my attention very well um but I don't. I also don't know if it was my mood or um, how much I've seen them. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. I was gonna say I still. We'll talk about it more 
more complexly, but I still enjoyed Bring It On. Legally Blonde, I couldn't remember how much I liked it, and I was like, it's fine. I actually stopped Legally Blonde in the middle and finished it the next day. And it wasn't late. I was just like, I don't care right now, so I'll come back to this. And that's kind of how I felt about it. (laughs) Well, and I'm personally, I'm already leaning more towards Bring It On. Both of them are not perfect. Like, they're definitely dated. And things would be filmed differently today and said differently today than they were then. Uh, Like, I don't. Yeah, they didn't age. Yeah. Well. But there were things about, we can get into it, but things about Bring It On that I was impressed by mm-hmm. and things that I look for, we'll talk about it. Well, let's talk about it. We're, we're okay. talking about it. <laughs> Here's the first thing I will say. After first I said, I didn't know if I liked Clueless before we watched it. I was like, I don't know if I like Clueless. Everybody likes Clueless. Then I loved Clueless. And then everybody was like, haha, I told you so. Legally Blonde feels like a ripoff of Clueless in a way. That was my first thing. I was like, it's the blonde that nobody takes seriously. Who cares about fashion? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but it's not as good. And I love Luke Wilson in it. I enjoy him a great deal. I like Selma Blair in it. She's fun, too. She's the right. That's the right name. The actress, the brunette that's like stuck up and then they become friends. The one that's engaged mm-hmm. to her I ex. Don't- Oh, sorry, that was a burp. Uh, I don't know the actress's name, but I know who you're talking about. Anyway, I liked her, but like, I don't know. I know I have my own issues and my own like biases and the whole sorority girl angle. I was like, do we need to be protecting? Like, is this a thing that everybody's worried? I don't know. It's, I'm snarky, but I liked her. I like that everybody in the sorority house was on her side, that they were all really kind to each other. Like, that part was true. Like, the people, they weren't catty. They weren't mean. They were there to support her. It was all silly. I liked that. But it just felt like a really long, not good clueless. (laughs) That's all. That's where I landed. Where I was like, yeah, I get the point. How many times are we going to try to make the same point? I remember, like, really enjoying that movie when it came out, though. I mean, everybody did. They made sequels for crying out loud. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Watching it this time around, I was just a little bored. Um, I don't know. I I liked the outfits and, like, Mm -hmm. the absurdity of her clothes. Um, I liked her, like, her computer and her dog and like her little notepads and pens i did enjoy that and i liked that she didn't change who she was yeah because of what anybody thought i didn't like that she went to law school to get the guy i forgot that part and that bothered me a great deal i was like so you're just falling into being a lawyer like it's good that she discovers she's smart but it's like not it wasn't her dream until she just found herself there and then it becomes her dream i didn't like that yeah but I, I like. I completely forgot about the sexual harassment stuff. I did not remember that at all. Oh yeah, and I liked that. I like she stood up for herself. I like that Selma Blair is initially like judging her, and then immediately when she hears like Luke Wilson's like that's not what happened. She's like, oh, I didn't know. Like she didn't ask and she didn't know, but she believes him right away. Also, I love that he believes her right away mm-hmm. when she tells him. Nobody's like, nah. They're all like, ugh. 
That sucks. And the scene where she's in the nail salon and she's going to quit and the the really mean female instructor she had in the beginning yes. like stands up out of the blue and is like, if you're going to let one man ruin your entire life, you're not yeah. the woman I thought you were. That like line is like so great. And of course, <laughs> okay, Jennifer Coolidge, come on. Yes. Like, I mean, the cast is great. And that scene was great, too, because it's the whole, like, even this professor seems so serious is here getting her hair done and her nails done. And she's like, yeah, standing yeah. up for her. the whole courtroom scene at the end is ridiculous. And okay. I forgot. So, <laughs> I was yeah. like, you haven't proved anything. And then, yes, we have the problematic gay character that just exists to be gay. Which just seems like every 90s movie now we've run into this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say, like, it works. It, it doesn't work, but it, it's part of the plot, right? Because that's yeah. how she catches. But yes, uh, I did love his shirt, which is Mary, like a blinged out Mary. That was mm -hmm. cool. Oh, yeah, that is your jam. Um, Crap, I forgot what I was Oh, the speech at the end and the way that it's filmed was making me laugh. Like, she's making her speech and she'll say something and it applies to one of the character and then the, the camera shows the character, but, like, she stops her speech. Do yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's hard to explain. Yes. Um, it was unless very... Unless you recently watched it, but, but um, it was very old. Well, my whole thing with the courtroom scene was, like... Okay, they've tried to explain why a student can try this case. Great. But then the whole, like, revealed, the whole Perry Mason-ness of, like, oh, a caught him in a lie. I was like, but wait, you haven't proven she didn't murder him. Like, we still, what? Oh, well, I guess the daughter then confesses. But then also it's, like, immediately, like, I don't believe anything works the way it worked in that trial. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. was like, none of this is happening properly. <laughs> but... It's fine. I like how nervous she is when she's trying the case. Like, it's very... They don't make her, like, a rock star at it at first. And I think that's good. Is that a style of music? Chick flick music? Because the album on that, on that <laughs> movie is very much, like, what I picture chick flick soundtrack to be. I don't know. Maybe. Like... <laughs> Because Bridget Jones has a similar style of a soundtrack, doesn't it? Or no? Uh, not is really. This... Clueless okay. kind of did Mean Girls for sure. That, like... Oh, okay. Gir girly punk almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe just punk. I get what you Sung mean. I feel women. like I'm, now I feel like I'm just too snarky for this movie anymore. It's no, like bad. I said, I was kind of bored. Um, yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I agree. I did like the overall message where it's like, I can be girly and smart too. This is mm -hmm. interesting because I feel like we've watched... Obviously, we're coming to the end, and we've watched a lot of chick flick movies, and we only really watched – no. I feel like we spanned a lot of years, and we've kind of seen how feminine feminism has changed within yes. the movies we're watching. Yes. Because I feel like that was a year or two years or three years or whatever. It was a time period in feminism where it was very much like we can be feminine and – and smart. Like, just because mm -hmm. we like pink and other things. Did we talk about this already? Just because we like pink and other things doesn't mean we're not smart. That was like so. a time Unless in we feminism. About it. Yeah. Feminism. Unless we talked about it during Clueless, because that's similar. Like, I like fashion, and I say like a lot. That doesn't mean I'm not smart either. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think we did. We talked about this with the gender reveals, maybe. I I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. But yeah. I think you're right. I think I didn't care for either. There, I, was, I have now two things. One thing I really liked and one thing I didn't like at all. The thing I didn't like was their uncomfortable way of, of dealing with a lesbian for humor. Like, speaking to that feminism that apparently lesbians are just mean mean girls oh. that don't like that you like pink and that's what a lesbian is and i was like what <laughs> and then um the thing i did like is i like the very very tiny sub story with her classmate who clearly has some kind of like maybe asperger's but that she helps when those girls are being mean but also he's the one she brings in on the case because he is like really smart and they establish that in the beginning but everybody's kind of rude to him just because he's quirky i liked that little like their nod to she's judged for this. He's also judged for this outward thing. And yeah. she can see past it and people should see past these things. Yeah. Which was good. Blah, blah, blah. And this isn't just about Legally Blonde, but like, sorry, I got to sneeze. Excuse me. <laughs> That's a quiet sneeze. <laughs> this isn't just about Legally Blonde, but I feel like it's about movies from that time period versus now and how we consume video or movies or whatever. Like it, it moves at a quick pace, mm-hmm. which I feel like now I'm used to watching Netflix series and uh, being committed for a longer period of time. Whereas Legally Blonde is like it's an hour and a half. That's yeah. it. <laughs> true, <move> quickly. <laughs> this is true. But both you and I got bored. Yes, that's true. Which is weird for a quick pace, <laughs> short movie. All right, but let's yes. talk about Bring It On. Okay. I. Um, sorry. Go ahead. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, so recently, and I sent this to Kelly, I recently saw a TikTok where they were highlighting, okay, the movie opens up with a dream sequence of the cheerleader, and they're at a game, and they're doing a cheer, mm-hmm. and the men are standing in the back, and the women are doing all the moves, which you don't notice if you're watching the scene, you don't notice that the men aren't doing anything, and mm-hmm. basically in the TikTok, the guy is like, mimicking the guy's moves and he literally doesn't do anything he walks around a couple times it's really funny <laughs> anyways sorry so when i was watching that scene i was thinking about that tiktok did you see that's that? awesome no i sent it to you i'll have oh, to well, send then it I again must have. send it again okay um okay cut that part okay bring it no, on don't cut it. i like <laughs> it okay so like you had said, maybe it was your mood or maybe it did bore you. I've only seen Bring It On once or twice before this time. So I hadn't seen it a bunch. And I was kind of like, I wonder if I'll still like it. Um, and I talked to a friend and they were like, I think I remember liking that movie. I'm like, that's how I feel. So I liked, I will say I enjoyed it again overall. I liked the humor. Here's what I'll say. I feel like Bring It On, when I made the comment about Clueless and Legally Blonde, I think Bring It On is the direct precursor to Pitch Perfect. Everything about Pitch Perfect is the same, arguably. Not stealing, but it's the same as like, we're a rat, we got to learn how to do this. And there's these people that were in charge and they sucked. And now we want to be different. And it's just like, what is happening? Like the whole, and even the humor component of it is very similar. Like the type of girls and like their different personalities. And I was just like, oh man, this is probably why I like Pitch Perfect. Because it is... Just this movie, but with singing. But, that's um, a good point, yeah. But, um, and then I was like, did something come before Bring It On that started this? Or did Bring It On start that? But anyway. um, 
So I liked the like goofy humor. I thought that Kirsten Dunst was funny in it. I liked, I never get her name right. Eliza Dushku, that's her name, right? The brunette that's all like punky. Mm-hmm. Faith from um, Buffy. Yes, Faith from Buffy. <laughs> I always liked her. Um, problematic stuff. The cheerleader guy who is always fingering the girl. Oh my God. That jo- All those jokes, I was like, this is, what is happening? <laughs> I was like, this is all real inappropriate. And yeah, like you said, I was like, ooh, this would not be like this now. And yeah. it shouldn't have been like it then. Uh, Faith's character, too, says a line. She says, F-A-G, which... Oh, yes. I did remember you that. You do not say. Uh, I didn't even think it was okay to say... In Was that movie released in 2000? I don't know. Anyways, I felt like even for the time, people don't... Didn't... Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, the fingering stuff was real bad. Like, it I was... Can't. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, okay, I kind of remembered that they'd stolen the cheers from the school in Compton, which was mostly a black cheerleading squad. And I remember, I forgot it was Gabriel Union, but I remembered really quickly and I was like, oh yeah. And then I got really excited. Um, But what it did really well was there's no white savior stuff in this movie. And they almost directly address it because Kirsten Dunst brings them the money and they're like, we don't want your money. And I was like, Nobody was usually like that felt like a newer thing that people are like, hey, this happens all the time. We got to stop doing this. And this movie is like, no, we're specifically pointing out that she thinks this makes everything better and this is her role. And mm-hmm. it's like, this isn't your role. They have a leader. They have a squad. They don't need you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked that. Um, I love the show, like when they show up at the game. Just like little when the what is their their team's name? The whole time I was trying to remember the clovers. The, yes, Tor when Tor Toros Toros. Yeah. Toros. Anyway, but when the clovers showed up at the Toros terrible football game and then basically cheer battled them, <laughs> I always enjoy that scene. That's a scene I always remember. And then I couldn't remember if they won in the end. Like, I was getting stressed because I was like, oh, how does yeah. this movie end? And then the Clovers do win. And I was also excited about that. But I liked, too, that it was like, I don't know. I liked a lot of elements of it. The respect between the two captains and the whole, like, you have to, like, we're both going to do our best because we respect how good we both are. And, like, the very athletic, it's a movie about athletes part of that. I liked how it does kind of, it was kind of interesting with Legally Blonde. Because, again, it's like, you judge us because we're cheerleaders, but we're badass. So shut up. Like, look at all the crazy stuff we do, which is true. <laughs> um, I yeah. love – okay, so watching it back, I hadn't – I've seen it a lot because I really liked it when it came out. Um, and I remember the, like, flirtation between Kirsten Dunst and the guy. And, like, I remember thinking he was so cute and, like, mm-hmm. a, the scene where they're brushing their teeth. I remember I've talked to Kelly about a bunch because I thought that <laughs> scene was so adorable, which I still watching it back. They thought their flirtation was so cute. But I've gotten old. <laughs> he looks so – he's so young. He's such a he baby. Is. He is a baby. He's a baby. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it also, is cute. Now that you mentioned Pitch Perfect thing, I hadn't thought about it, but, like, now that's all I see because it starts out with the tryouts and Pitch Perfect starts out with the tryouts, and that's so funny. 
And they have like, their big showdown where they fail and they have to do better. And then they have to rally before the end. And Yep. The judges, yeah. Don't they it's, get second place too? Do they get second place? I can't remember. Um, but and yeah, and then Liza the Dunes is like like the oh. the cheering in general is fun. Like with Pitch Perfect, where it the is. music makes it the fun, the cheering fun. makes it fun. The end scene, uh, Hey Mickey, yes, I love that. That's really fun. The uh, the yeah, the cheer competition at the end is also it pays off because that's the other thing i feel like i've watched enough movies now i get frustrated where it seems like something cool is going to happen and then you don't get to watch it and i was like is that how bring it i couldn't remember and so the middle part where they go to the trials and it's terrible and embarrassing in a wonderful way like when they hear that music i had forgotten i was like something bad happens and you're like oh they have to do it anyway and it was (laughs) but um but you only see pieces you don't really see anybody's shows so then, yeah, the very end was like, yes, we get to watch the whole thing. We get to watch people doing flips left and right because it is very cool. Yeah. And it was like, I want to see this. You can't bring me to nationals and not show <laughs> me some freaking cheers. So that was very cool. Um, yeah, I liked that. I think the thing I wish was I wish there was more of the Clovers in the movie that we had more of them. Mm-hmm. But I still liked what I think it was trying to do, especially given when it was made, because it did impress me. Because I was like, oh, they addressed the." Because when she brought the check, I'm like, oh, this doesn't this doesn't work anymore. And then the movie is like, psych. And I was like, oh, that was smart. <laughs> um, the one thing I thought was kind of ridiculous was how quickly Elijah Dushku was like, yeah, I'm a cheerleader and I love cheering after she was so snarky about it in the beginning. <laughs> and I was like, you just switched overnight. I but think, uh, and I, actually, I was, I was going to say I kind of like that part because I feel like it was the friendship between her and Kirsten Dunst, why she liked cheer was because of. That's true. Because they were good friends. I like that she wasn't like, there was no weird like, you can't date my, like, oh, there's no manufactured so drama. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah never she's just like, you like my brothers when they like. When there's someone who likes someone's brother and then that person gets mad. I was going to yeah. ask you that because I don't have a brother. But, like, would you get mad about that? Like, anymore, no. When I was younger, I feel like, like at high one school? point, maybe because he's younger than me, but it, which is the same as this movie. But at one point in college, I felt like I had a friend who was flirting with him a lot and it weirded me out. Like, I didn't get mad, but I was like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> and then, but now I... Now I'd be like, my brother's awesome, and you're awesome. This is awesome. But <laughs> yeah, in college, I think I was like, what's happening? He's four years younger than us. If I think about it, like, with my sister or something, it would be, like, more jealous. It would be jealousy. So maybe it's the same. I don't know. Is it jealousy? Like, Yeah, I think that might be why it felt weird. Because, yeah, I say it's because he's younger, but I think it's more like, why would you want to hang out with him when you're hanging out with me? Yeah. Like, we're, we're friends. What are you doing? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, tangent. But Um, I like that, too. Because first she asks her, and she's like, no. But then she's giving her brother crap near the end. Like, like when she makes, I I don't know, she makes fun of him once for being lame at having game. She's like, oh, good. Oh, when he tries to go interrupt her when she's getting yelled at by the (laughs) judge. She's like, it's not a good time. (laughs) Yeah. But, yes, I I did enjoy it. I like how terrible their football team is. Yeah, I like how nobody. I liked that that the they established pretty quickly that the football guys are douchebags, 
But, like, everybody thinks they're a joke. And that whole, I don't know, when they, I can't remember what joke they made. And the guy was, like, made fun of their joke. And then they made it again. And they were, like, nobody thinks you're oh, funny. And it's, like, you're not cool. This is a terrible loser sneeze. Team. The loser sneeze thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That one. And he's, like, what? Oh, yeah. And that was the cute. And he's, like, what are you doing? <laughs> um. Yeah. And the terrible ex-boyfriend. I mean, he was a huge douchebag and was from the beginning. I loved how much her parents didn't like him, too. <laughs> they were like, he's leaving soon. It'll be fine. But, yeah, so I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, yeah, now I feel bad for being – there's nothing wrong with – nothing major wrong with Legally Blonde. I just didn't enjoy it, I guess, is really what it is. I was kind of like, it's fine. Or that was my reaction to it when I watched it. It wasn't like I was upset with it. I was just like, it's a movie and it's fine. And there's cute. It's cute sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So if you had to watch one again is one question we also ask. I feel like another question we should ask to help decide is like, what would you like, what would I tell my nieces they should watch? You know, Mm, that's a good question. Bring it on would be my answer. Yeah. Well, like I said, when we first started, I was leaning towards bring it on. Well, and yeah, me too. I mean, we still have to do the final battle or whatever, and it's a random bracket, so it would be interesting to compare Pitch Perfect and bring it on head to head. It would be interesting, like, to do things like that. That's not what happens, but but yeah, between the two, I would choose Bring It On. I ha- I was thinking the whole time though, because I've seen Legally Blonde too, and I also don't remember it, but I think I liked it. Now I'm kind of like I should probably watch Legally Blonde too again. Because it was still them, right? Luke Wilson and her? I think it is. Uh, I know it's her. I don't know if he's in it. Pro- he, mm. I think his picture is in it. Like, I don't know if oh, he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, too, like, maybe I was distracted with work. Because, like, I know I, I know I was bored with Legally Blonde. Now I feel bad with Bring, Bring It On. Maybe I was just distracted. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. It's okay if you were bored, too. That's reasonable. But okay. So well, bring it I'm on looking when- at our overall list and I'm like in comparison to the other ones we've watched. Okay. Um, no, I'm being reminded too as we watch these because we got into it then, but oh, I don't know. What? While Mean Girls is a very clever movie, there's a lot about Mean Girls that rubs me the wrong way the more I watch other movies. And that's, I'm reminded of that. Like there's a joy to bring it on. Like a like, yeah, that there is with Pitch Perfect. And even a little with Legally Blonde. There's no joy with Mean Girls. It's just Mean Girls. And yeah, it's fun. Anyway, I don't know. These are my thoughts. I don't know if that's fair. Now I feel like I have to rewatch every movie, but. Well, and the thing about Bring It On and Pitch Perfect is that they have that additional element. Like they have music, they have dance, which means like if the plot isn't that great, you still might yeah. watch it. Like, they're not, like, step-up level. Like, yeah. it's a dance movie. But still, they have that to keep you entertained if the plot isn't that great. Yes. So next week, do we have to... Or next week. Next <laughs> time we record, seven months from now? No. But do we then choose the final? Is I feel like, we yeah, we could... So, ne- okay. So far, we did Mean Girls versus First Wives Club. First Wives Club won. Then we did Pitch Perfect versus Clueless, Clueless won. Bridget Jones versus Bridesmaids, Bridget Jones won. And now we just did Legally Blonde, Bring It On, and Bring It On won. So, so technically we have 
two, three more rounds, basically. Yeah, but we could probably do the next we, two rounds together. Yeah. Okay. I think that makes sense. So it's going to be Bring It On versus Bridget Jones. Yes. And what's the other side? First Wives Club versus? Clueless. Clueless. And then the final two. Oh, this will be interesting because I don't know what to predict. Also, I would not be averse. I know this is not the nature of our podcast and we don't have to decide it right away. But if we would want to do another kind of bracket, (laughs) like a different genre of movies, I would not be averse to it. Well, even when you said that thing about dance movies, I'm like, if we did dance movies. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. Listen, I like me some step up. Step up. Here's what's on the list. I only have two things so far, but step up's one and uh, save the last dance is two. What about Magic Mike? Does that count? Yes. Magic Mike. You know Save the Last Dance, right? Yes. I love that movie. Okay. Magic Mike. That could have been on this list. It could have. But it's a little less chick. It is, and it, it well, I get the guy has more to do in Save the Last Dance than in all of these <laughs> movies. So it feels like, anyway. All right. Well, they've only got three dance movies, but I can think of more someday. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So we'll post the bracket for, or like this versus challenge on Twitter for you to vote on as well, the listeners. BS with KNA is the handle. <laughs> All you people in Washington State, rate and subscribe. I don't know why you like us, but we like that you like us. But rate and subscribe. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Nobody gives it credit.